0: That's okay, not allowed. I'll
1: stop, but I'm being serious. You're I'm serious. No, you're kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna look I'm gonna double check. I'm gonna double check. You're
0: fucking like
1: as the movie person, that's cool. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Just
0: get somebody who's like obviously more fit and athletic and have them do a version of Joel McHale. That's what I'm saying. Um
1: there's so many other people that would be better than Joel McHale.
0: hundred yep. percent.
1: Oh, well, apparently he's rumored, but, I mean, oh. they start hate, filming in, like, two months.
0: I hate when people just get celebrities for the name, right? To, like, bring in people who are like, oh, I can't wait to see this celebrity that I'm into get into this fucking Chris Pratt thing. is Mario. Yeah, like, Chris Pratt <laughs> is Mario. Get the fuck out of here. He was, uh, honestly, okay, straight up, he was fine. I didn't care. Like, but, mm. like, yeah, but, like, you got him because you want people. And I get it. Like, there's two sides, right? We talk about this a lot there's like yeah yeah you want to get the actor because you they have a fan base and they're gonna bring people in but like you don't need to bring people into fucking Nintendo games like they already existed there were they were good they like if if you do Zelda you don't have to go get like <laughs> fucking Timothy Chalamet to play Link like you don't need it <laughs> you don't imagine. need it <laughs> <You> this <don't-
1: laughs> dramatic ass being Link <laughs> save you Zelda. Hiya!
0: We nail it every time. I hope you know that. <laughs> mm. That's how we get into this. Welcome back to Unpop, a hot topic popular podcast that talks <laughs> about biopics and, and Lego you're Bionicle. Never say the same thing
1: twice. You never I'm going to do the, the bit
0: until it fits. <laughs> it's never going to fit because you're all over fit. the
1: place. <laughs> it's going to fit. It's going to Okay.
0: We're doing I'm it, supposed- Odie. I can't wait till I come in and just bust a rhyme all over this place with the idea of ah and i in the middle of words, just internal rhyme structure and M verse in front of you that makes you go, holy shit, Kev, you should have done rap. And I'll go, nah, man, nah. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Unpop. My name is Kevin Miner. He, him, with me, as always, is Odie Matthews. They, them, say hey, Odie. Hi, Hi everybody. Perfect. We're off to a great you start, can't... Odie. We were talking okay. after last podcast that we needed to do an episode on cults. That's right.
1: My favorite thing, not my favorite thing, but a fun <laughs> thing to talk about. Nonetheless.
0: <laughs> I didn't mean that. Take that off cults. the record. <laughs> my favorite thing, my cult. I love my cult brothers. Because I have
1: a cult. Just, I mean, just
0: getting in with my cult brothers. Just loving them. Uh, what is your cult, Odie? Actually, that's a good way to start this out. Odie, (laughs) is there a cult that you participate in?
1: Yeah, there's a cult that I'm actively a part of. It's the first one that I actually did want to talk about, and it's the one that gave me the idea when we were talking about it, and it's Star Wars.
0: Oh, shit. We're jumping. We're going right into Star Wars?
1: I'm just going right into it.
0: All right, hit it up. I already know that (laughs) Star Wars is a cult, and I have a bigger overarching thing. Like some qualifiers for cults that I'll bring up later, but go into oh, yeah. Star Wars. Explain well, the cult of Star Wars, sir.
1: Okay, so there's there's two things. One, I would love to do a Star Wars episode because as a massive Star Wars nerd, but mm, no, <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I want to talk about Star Wars. But the reason I want right. to bring up Star Wars first as like a culty thing is because when people think of cults, they think of like you know like Jamestown and like Charles Manson and. Um, mm-hmm. What's another good cult? Uh, KKK, you know stuff like that, right? But the thing is, is like I mean, the KKK
0: is not so much a cult; they're a hate group. But yeah, 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 that's true. (laughs) true.
1: I mean, (laughs) I mean, most cults are kind of. I see
0: where you're going. They have hoods, (laughs) they have robes, they have weird names, they burn effigies. Okay,
1: (laughs) but (laughs) go on. I think that, I think that we wanted to kind of talk more in the joking sense about like cults in pop culture as well as like actual cults. So. As an example of a cult in pop culture, I think a really good one, a lot of fan bases. But Star Wars, you know, the the saying "nobody hates Star Wars" like Star Wars fans, and prime example of that, right? So here's here's a good example, and this is this is what made me kind of want to do it. So I'm I'm on, it was like Instagram, and I was scrolling, and I I've been on been on big Star Wars kicks. So my phone, you know, cause it's always listening. It knows that I've been watching Star Wars. So everything on my TikTok and Instagram and Google ads are all Star Wars now, which is fantastic. And I love yeah. it, but there was this video and it was like the worst and best, uh, like wielders of lightsaber colors and every single color that they, that they did, they did blue, green, yellow, and red. And for yeah. the worst, they had Ray for all of them. Like Aww. Ray never even picks up a green lightsaber, and they were just like Ray. And then in the comments, everyone's like, Ray sucks. This is the worst thing to happen to Star Wars. How dare they make a female And it's like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, calm down. <laughs> it's yeah, not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans, and I think that's hilarious because Star Wars Celebration, which is another reason I wanted to bring up Star Wars, was not too long. It was like a week or two ago at the time of recording. That's and they weird. announced Why
0: didn't they do it on May 4th?
1: Well okay. Oh, There's two different Star Wars celebrations. This was Star Wars celebration over in London. The main Star Wars celebration is still coming on May fourth. This was more of like announcements. So they announced the three new movies, and one of them was they're like Ray's coming back. And I personally am like, oh, cool. Let's see what that leads to. But all the incels are you know are up in arms about it.
0: Ah, see, okay, you you've you've stumbled onto another cult,
1: right? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Incels. Segues. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so so really, when it comes down to, like, I, I like what you said first. Like, nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. I properly agree, and this is as someone who I don't think this is a hot take, appreciates Solo and or <sighs> and the Mandalorian as, like, yes. prime Star Wars material because it's not all fucking Jedi, right? Because the Jedi are yeah. just, like, like... I I don't think it's good to have a walking deus ex machina in every scene of a movie. And I think it's cool seeing a story about the Jedi, but like the original trilogy is about Luke learning how to be a Jedi. He was cut off from them for so long that there's actually character development but then every other time they have Jedi, even with Anakin, like, and they really fuck this up. Like, he's like force-powered to the max from the get-go. They're like, we've never mm. seen a kid drive a pod racer. Must be the fucking force. Like. And and so I, I just think since the original trilogy, they've really like just continually like, you know, Lucas Films has just been like, hey, we're gonna shoot ourselves in the foot. And then somebody like somebody internally must have been like, hey, maybe we don't do that. And they're like, no, we're going to do it. And like, (laughs) and then just bam, bam, (laughs) like, let's bring in Mace Windu. (laughs) Let's have Yoda flip around. Well, they're just like, it's force power to the max instead of showing a progression. Right. And so you lose a lot of elements of what would make somebody appreciate the story a lot more. Keep going.
1: Well, Kevin, I want to I wanna drop some stuff on you real quick, even okay, though we're not going to get into me. Star Wars. But technically, if you look at chronological order of Star Wars, the Force okay. dwindles with the light side as the, the Sith gets stronger. And after Episode 3, after Order 66, after the Jedi fall, that's when the Sith really get more powerful. And that's why he was disconnected from the Force. But we're not going to get into the details of it. I'm just kidding. Um, Is yeah, that the, no, the actual right.
0: like retcon well, explanation that we're supposed it's to get? Not-
1: well, it's not really a retcon explanation as much as it is. If you look at, I don't know how, like, again, as a massive Star Wars nerd, if you look at the Old Republic, like, before the Sith came up with the Rule of Two, like, it was all out, like, Jedi versus Sith warfare in the Old Republic, but, like, yeah. the, the Force, I don't know, like, this is more of an opinion from, my like, my own perspective, but if you look at the, the order of, like, the start of the 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin all the way up until where we're at chronologically with, like, the sequel trilogy the force gets weaker until like it's at its weakest when we meet the jedi in episode like two like the jedi are i mean you see it like again I don't want this to be a star wars episode but it feels like it's turned into a star wars episode i don't um, keep going i
0: don't care go
1: <laughs> uh i'm the jedi are like the jedi are stupid like the, the the new republic that we meet during the the clone wars they suck yeah. they're yeah, they're terrible jedi stupid. They they don't know what the Qui Gon Jinn horrible Jedi unpopular opinion I don't care he's a terrible Jedi he's an idiot okay he just, okay. Like, just like hey this kid this kid could be the chosen one everyone's like I don't think he is Jedi's that are way smarter than him are like I don't think he's the chosen one he's like you know what let's ruin this kid's life <laughs> and yeah. but anyways because then if you well, look then at Obi-Wan
0: it Obi Wan just follows too I, 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 yeah. Real, real talk. I don't think that it's anything to do with the actual internal structure of the universe. I think it has everything to do with the world building, and I think. Oh yeah. Like I, I've watched the documentary on how Star Wars, like the original Star Wars, was saved in the edit, right? You know, and by like, his wife. That's and that's great. I fucking love that. Why is it that the hubris of people ends up like ruining things later? I don't think we'll ever know because no one seems to learn the lesson, you know, but I think George Lucas was just like, I'm going to write the story of Anakin, but it's really Darth Vader. And like, you know where it's going the entire Dave Filoni saved it. Well, and like, yeah, but then like, so, so then you're just, you're going through these stories and it feels like he just romanticized a character. And I honestly, this is just me speculating I think what happened was George Lucas took things about himself and put them into characters that he wanted to elevate and put on a pedestal. And he was like, nobody trusted this guy, but he knew what to do the entire time. Yeah, and then I'm going to write 50 extra fucking pages of that for you guys to swallow down. And so now we've had to go through, and you, you know to go back to what you originally said, nobody hates Star Wars like a Star Wars fan. That's because if you're a Star Wars fan and you go through all of it, there's so much retconning that happened in between each big, like, story and world-building dump that happened in this universe that, like, it's hard to like all of it. It's hard to appreciate all of it for what it is, you know?
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree. I think... Yeah. Anyways, we'll save the rest of Star Wars talk for the Star Wars episode because this was our Star about, Wars episode. Odie. This is not our Star great. Wars episode. <laughs> Kevin. I absolutely
0: loved it. This is <laughs> such a good Star Wars episode. I'm glad we covered everything.
1: I'm quite perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So let's let's get into the cult topic. Um, Another cult. Yeah. The, well, the reason that we originally came up with this topic is because I started talking to you about Sleep Token, and you started talking to me uh. about. Ghost, right? Yes, because I'm going and to see Ghost in August. These, yeah, and these are for anybody who's listening that doesn't know who either band is, although bands. I'm going to guess that most of the people listening to this right now are our friends, and they've probably heard about these bands ad nauseum <laughs> from us. Uh, but like o- Odie, give me a breakdown because I actually still don't I, I've done no research on ghosts. Like, I've listened to them a couple mm. times they're not really like, they don't scratch that itch for me so like i'm just like all okay. right cool they're they're obviously good people really love them the music's not bad i didn't hate it all right cool yeah give, give i'm me not the, rundown, the right
1: person to ask i'm not the right person to ask only Why? because so are you Goose, not in the call my, my partner is the one that introduced did, me to ghost did and Goose i
0: not initiate you like isn't there like a in... blood sacrifice or like something <laughs> that you're supposed to do
1: before you go see
0: them live
1: so Goose is, is definitely in the cult because, I mean, they were the ones that wanted to get the tickets to go see them. And I was like, yeah, like I listen okay. to their music like they're good. And so that's why I was like, yeah, I'm going to see ghosts like they're not I'm not in their cult. Yeah, I don't know enough about them, unfortunately, but I do like their music. I do think they're good. The cult that I would be in would be more like Bad Omens or
0: that's yeah. not a cult
1: yeah but that's what i'm saying like i I don't think i I don't think there's a band i like that would be considered like to have a cult following
0: okay well give me a rundown of ghost from what you know because you probably still know more than me (laughs) because goose talked to you about it and they know about them
1: all right well if they're yelling they're gonna okay yeah uh so what i know about them is basically they're swedish i believe okay and the lead singer his name is like are you looking at their information I'm, What's the lead I'm looking singer's up name? their
0: tour dates for this year.
1: Oh. I think the lead singer's name is like Pharaoh or something like that. But they dress oh. like with makeup and all these outfits. And like the whole point of the band, like a lot of their songs are all about like mocking religion and like, like kind of like satire on religion. And it's yeah. like really kind of funny. And that's why, and this is what Goose told me that they don't really tour in America that much because a lot of their music and like their whole vibe and, display and persona on stage is, like, anti-religion or, like, religion satire, and obviously, like, if you come to America, you could probably get shot for that, so they don't usually apparently tour over here for those reasons. Oh, yeah,
0: you can get shot for that.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna look up um, Are the they... lead singer's name.
0: Okay, so, like, so, so they, they're mocking religion, but in doing so, they don a lot of the, like, the garb and the like semblance of religious figures and characters, right, and like they kind of take on a religious esque feel,
1: yeah, it's uh, okay. I was i wish I, I'm probably not using this, the right word so
0: this this kind of this kind of goes into something that I was thinking about this week after we were talking about this topic, and that's that like all all cults have a religious aspect to them or things that they have taken from religion but not all cults are religious
1: yeah no i would agree with that so
0: like they're not they're not religious in like the spiritual sense but like there's obviously a religiosity to them in that like you go about like you you go about worship or tribute in a form right and there there are definitely things that you do as a collective that are very akin to how we have, like, religion structured into uh, different aspects of other people's lives, should they so choose to, uh, you know, part- partake in a religion, right? Exactly. Yeah, and and what that really goes back to, like, I was – I, was, I, I kind of got, like, really deep in thought one day, and I was just going back into the notion that, like, all right, so we have – it, within us as humans, like part of the human experience is that we have an inert sense of tribalism, right? That that mm. evolved with us. And then socially, we've reinforced that by uh the conditioning of having like rituals and things that you do with your tribe and like even just the idea, like the word cult is in the word culture, right? Cult. <laughs> the occult is a microcosm of a culture, right? So, like, it's there. It's, like, in your face already. And we've kind of primed ourselves to being uh, susceptible to being cult-like in nature, even if we're not being religious about it, right? I.e., Star Wars. The first thing that you mentioned was Star Wars. You didn't mention, like, Heaven's Gate, you know? You didn't (laughs) mention, like... Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or, like, people who practice Wicca in a cult-like fashion or, like, anything like that, right? You went straight to a thing that has a following and it has icons and it has gatekeepers and, like, and and really, like, what it came down to to me is I was like, oh, well, the reason we can say stuff like that now and the reason we can assess on that level is we understand the semblances, the characteristics of different cults like we have we have pulled from religion and the occult into our modern day society and then we have built subcultures and cults within subcultures using those same like brick and mortar setups not brick and mortar but like you know foundational setups that we that are essentially just like they're within us already like, we already have it. Like, we're, we're tribalist in nature. We can't help that unless we're being completely self-aware. So now you've got the cult of Star Wars, right? You've got, like, I, I mean, to anybody who's not in a specific religion, like, that religion, a, a different religion that they don't follow could be a cult, right? Like, if you're an atheist, every religion's a cult. But there's also kind of a cult of atheism, you know? Like, there, there is a religiosity to the way in which eight, many an atheist embraces their faith in a lack of theistic possibility, right? So, like, <laughs> cults are just, they're fucking everywhere in society because that's what we do. We, we start picking these pieces of our identity, and then we go, oh, yeah, 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 that's part of who I am as a human animal, and part of who I am in the society that I recognize and this is the culture that I adhere to and not only that it's part of my identity. So cults really what they are is they are a they are a um an overt displaced form of identification.
1: Yeah. I mean okay so that is you just set me up perfectly for what I was gonna my next question to you was hit me. Do you want to hear what, what I think is the funniest uh like Cult. I, I would consider this a cult, but the funniest cult in America that I that I've seen lately. A hundred percent. Fast food chain loyalists. And my example of this is, is on the West Coast out here because you know you're you're an East Coast person. That's fine. Yeah, you know we don't judge. But I like to spend my time more out towards the West. That's fine. And when I was out in California for my job, uh, and I and it was the same way when I lived in Utah. It's the same way when I live out here. People on the West Coast lose their fucking mind for In-N-Out. And if they go anywhere, anywhere where there's not an In-N-Out, they tell you and make sure that you know In-N-Out is better than anything else in that area. (laughs) And on the flip side of that, there's more. Because on the flip side, there's the same people that will be that way for any fast food chain, I've seen it yeah, with In-N-Out, yeah, yeah. Whataburger, Five Guys, Chick-fil-A versus Popeyes, all of yeah. them. Raising canes, yeah. all of them. And yeah. these people will be like, I won't eat. I won't eat Five Guys. It's not as good as In-N-Out. I won't eat it. I won't do it. It's not as good. I've literally seen there's an In-N-Out. There's one In-N-Out in my entire like radius where I live yeah. outside of Denver. Yeah. One, about 10 minutes from me. And my area, where my like little subdivision, not that busy. We okay. drove by that In-N-Out on a Tuesday night and there was 36 cars in the fucking drive-thru.
0: Jesus Christ. Okay, It's so, insane. Hold on. <laughs> Expounding upon what you were saying. <laughs> over here in the northeast, we very much have uh we have we have two warring cults like uh the the cults that are warring for influence in the fast food realm over here. And I would call it fast food, right? It's still fast service. Starbucks and Dunkin Donuts. Those yes, are that's our how cults it was in Boston. Over here, yeah. Right? Like, if you go to Boston, there's diehard—
1: Dunkin'
0: Dunkies. Did you get your mm-hmm. donkeys, right? Like, people. Every get corner. Their, get their dunkies. <laughs> not only that, there's actual stickers. I saw a sticker the other day. It says Dunky Junkie on it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> we've done it, folks. We're at peak. We made it. Peak level <laughs> addiction here. I that's mean, amazing. But that's the. That's kind of going back to what I was saying. It's, in, it's ingrained. Like, of course things are going to be cult-like. It's literally built into the language that we have to describe different things. Like, we're not talking about fast food loyalty. We're talking about brand loyalty. And what do the most extreme cults do when you're an initiate? They mm. brand you, Right you become synonymous with the symbol that represents the cult. How many people have you seen walk around with like a, like a shirt on that just has a brand on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are. Odie. We're a cult because we're a brand. So Mm -hmm. you and you and me, right. We are a cult now. I hope you enjoy being in it. We're the first two members founding founding members. I think we're going to be something more like the Freemasons. Like I want like a secret handshake. Um, I want mm, us to be like making our own preserves, like fruit preserves. I feel like the Freem- I want- Freemasons. We There's gotta make nothing our own magnets. To verify that this is true, I don't even think it's in the Da Vinci Code, but I have a feeling they're the types of people that make their own fruit preserves. I feel like that would be a nice bonus for the cult that we're forming.
1: Um, <sighs> <laughs> you can also throw butter in then while we're doing it. Then we have fruit I, and butter.
0: Dude, let's get butter and fruit preserves and just, like, make toast and jam, man. I mean, what a great breakfast for our cult. I will eat that sometimes for breakfast. So I make go. my own butter. All right, all right, cool. We're doing this. Um, one thing that we've touched on a couple times that I really <laughs> want to get into that I think is an absolute, like, uh, it, it, it is an absolutely pervasive piece of cult culture that exists in so many different parts of subculture and pop culture, and uh, it's, it's acolytes, right? Uh, devout mm. personages who hold the keys to knowledge and wisdom, or at least perceive that they do, or as we would like to call them in pop culture sense, or at a Comic-Con, gatekeepers right? Yes. Like, these are the people who are like, oh yeah, you you fucking like Star Wars? I I went and saw the first Star Wars in 1978, you fucker. Like, it's like, cool dude. That's awesome. And instead of that being like an experience that they share with you in a friendly nature, it becomes like a qualifying agent for how devout they are, right? It's almost like having a badge or like a thing that represents like how hardcore you are into it. And to go like Back into what we were talking about. First, we're talking about Ghost and Sleep Token, and Sleep Token this year blew up. Like I don't know if you noticed, yeah. or Paid attention to it, no, they did. It, but I got tickets to their show in Worcester, and then literally an hour later, their entire North American tour was sold out.
1: Yeah, I had sold to get. Out. I was. I had to be quick to get the Ghost tickets.
0: Yeah, and not only that, like when <laughs> here's how I found out that they were going on tour. <laughs> they had. They had a link on their Instagram reel and like they do this funny thing where they really like they're they're not very tongue. It's like tongue in cheek, but it's also kind of like a in your face joke um, where like when they post something, if it's something that you can buy from them, it just says obtain. <laughs> and if it's something that like you can listen to from them, it says worship. Like it's really, really I funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So like. There was a thing it said obtain, and it was the announcement for their tour, and I clicked on the link, and it brought me to their tour page so I could buy tickets. New York City sold out in minutes, and tickets are now going oh, yeah. for $400, right? And then uh, Worcester almost sold out in, like, hours, and I ended up – I got two tickets to it. You could only buy two, and I got two to the balcony and was like, oh, thank God. I'm actually wearing we a sleep we got- shirt right now. but oh, Red um, Sox. There you go. That's a cult, right? Oh, but wait, I the have a, of... wait, I have a story. Right, keep going. Sorry. I, I, right, yeah, I, yeah, no, right, no, no. Go.
1: You're good. No, because you mentioned the music thing, and I literally have the perfect story for this because what are the chances that this would happen? So, quick story time. This was probably five, six years ago. I was yeah. still living in Florida. I was working the same job, but we were doing this weekend. So the company I work for, I'm not gonna name names, but it's an environmental company, and on the weekends. Where i was in florida they would partner with the local landfill for the for the county and let okay. the community come in and bring all their like hazardous waste and like chemicals and stuff and we would get rid of it for them so they didn't you know wouldn't pollute and they wouldn't throw it away and you know Great. save the trees and everything so one of the the guys there he was a, a senior chemist and he was my mentor at the time and him and i like to do like we'd sing back and forth songs from like the 70s and 80s because as the youngest of seven kids I was raised with, like, classic rock from, like, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, right? And we both appreciate that type of music. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you were raised with that type of music or not. You can still appreciate it. You can appreciate music from the 1910s if you want to. You can appreciate any Um, music. So we started singing, and I think you know this song, Brandy by The Looking Glass. Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. Okay. Great song. Wonderful song, right? It's, It's a bop. So that was the song we started singing. This guy I've never seen before. Don't know who he was, but he worked for the company looks at me and goes you probably don't even know who sings that and i was like the looking glass <laughs> and he was yeah. like yeah but you're too young to know who that is and i was like but i what? but i know the song and he was yeah this, this, I, said, I said that's what i said i was like i know the song though and he was like yeah well anybody can use google and i looked at him and i'm not kidding kevin i looked I at like, this guy straight in the face and i was dude. like <laughs> and i was like yeah that's how I learn a lot of things, and I just walked away. Like, yeah, Wait, yeah, like, like, what you if you hear a, a band on the radio, you can't Google it. Like, this guy's gonna be like, don't Google that. You're not allowed to know who that is. You weren't alive. Yeah, right. Like, get the fuck out of here. When
0: <laughs> when did it become like such a thing? Like, I and I feel like I've I've been that guy. Maybe not to that degree before, but I've definitely done some gatekeeping, right? Like, I get it. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. When you're in your 20s, you're like this weird combination of confident but insecure, right? So, like... Yeah, yeah, of course. Anything that you're really into, it's almost like you kind of want people to appreciate it more. You're like, yeah, look at look at how much I know about the thing that you just <laughs> mentioned. Hey, oh oh yeah, you want to mention Star Wars? Let me talk to you about the Star Get ready. Wars universe Buckle and some up. books that you probably haven't read. <laughs> or like, yeah, and like, but that's where things end up being like cults. Like it, it feels like, and I don't feel. Like, I remember this being a part of our culture, even in my, like, younger years. I I don't think anybody was, like, gatekeeping me, like, when I was in, like, middle school or anything. Even, like, friends, you know? They weren't, like, you don't get – well, I guess, actually – no, we kind of always do it. Yeah, because there are people who are, like, yeah, "Yeah, you're not a fan of Power Rangers. You don't know the fucking story, you know? Or, like, whatever it is. But, like, why is that – a part of our culture that we latch onto something so hard that it becomes part of our identity. And then we (laughs) use that identity to either welcome or to deny newcomers into like whatever we recognize as our personal culture. Like what the fuck is that? Like I personally, (laughs) one of the first things I thought when sleep token blew up this year, I was like, here it comes. I'm going to run into that guy. Like and I I can picture him right now. He's a little bit older than me, and he's got a beard, and he maybe hasn't bathed in a couple <laughs> days. And he's gonna talk to me at the Sleep Token show because I'm gonna be real pumped up about it because you know how I am. If I'm into something, oh, I'm yeah. in a hundred percent, right? And Love like it. he's gonna come up and he's gonna be like, hey, do you, "Did you listen to them in 2016?" I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, I listened to them in 2016." he be like, "Oh yeah, when their first that first track that was real raw, right?" Like, and they always try to qualify. <laughs> like the initial and this happens with bands more than anything else like like people are like people are like oh yeah that first thing that they ever released it was so raw and it's like cool yeah but they've gotten better that was the too. real them and, and they've also <laughs> yeah. developed like and it's and and I feel like going back to you know last episode that we had we talked about sequels and I feel like part mm-hmm. of the reason it's so hard to make a sequel going back to what I said is that like there's a cult that starts forming around the idea and world building that you've done. And then all of a sudden you have to yeah. like appease them, but then also bring in new people. And this happens for bands and movies and franchises and brands It's like, you know, like, could you like go into even the fast food thing, like Burger King does a plant based Whopper, half of the cult loses its fucking mind, right? Like, Bud like light. it was theirs. Like it was their, like, like they're not a perfect example. Budweiser, uh, Bud Light releases, like they, they like support a transitioning, uh, a person in transition. Right. And then all of a sudden yeah. dudes who drink Bud Light are like, Oh, this beer is for gays now. And it's like, well, it was a light beer to begin with. You do know that. Right. Can I like say the funniest in-
1: <laughs> part about that? <laughs> What? The funniest thing that I've seen about this whole Bud Light controversy, which I'd stay away from politics and that's totally fine. But as someone who's a member of the LGBTQ plus community, i yeah. like to talk about it. Um, yeah. A lot of the videos I'm seeing crack me up because it's people that have either clearly bought brand new cases of Bud Light or already yeah. bought Bud Light. And then they're, they're throwing it. They're destroying it. They're being little crybabies. But then they're like, I'm going to drink this beer, Sam Adams. And it's like. Sam Adams did this before Bud Light. Every yeah. beer does this. You want to know why? It's marketing. And the funniest thing, and I don't, you know what, this is gonna, this might offend some people. Feel free to cut this out. But the thing about Bud Light, the reason it was originally marketed towards the demographic it was, is because it was the easiest demographic to get them to buy it. Because all they had to do is be like Bud Light, trucks, guns, yeehaw, and they were like, well,
0: yep. that's my beer, dude. That's that's the easiest cult to get to follow. Anything is the cult of <laughs> like America, right? Really, like come on, like America's a cult too. No, you're right. Like, there, there's you're right. the cult you're of right. America and you have and, and how much you buy into it qualifies you for different levels of American experience. Right? Like, oh, l- wait, let's be you know, real. There's the cult of yeah. the American flag where it's like, I fucking salute that and the idea that it <laughs> is, you know, and then there's like, but then my there's the guy cheeks. standing next to him and it's like, you don't even know nothing about it. Do you have your fucking gun license, man? And it's like, actually, <laughs> I feel like we should have some, uh, we should have some, some gun reform. And they're like, you're not fucking American. Like, it's like, <laughs> there, there's Hell, all are the you. different qualifying levels. Of being American now. And like, Uh. it it comes to the point where then, you know, the counterculture starts forming. And then you have the cult of anti Americanism where it's like, all right, well, if America's gonna be that we're all gonna shoot each other for pulling into the wrong driveway and argue over when a plant based Mm. burger gets sent out or buy cases of beer to dump out because we don't like the idea that someone might be transitioning, (laughs) maybe I'm out of that cult. Maybe I'm not in. (laughs) Like,
1: Maybe, maybe that's maybe not where I want to be. I don't be. pass
0: the initiation tests of hatred that bring me into that cult, right? <laughs> and like, but then they, but then what happens is then people start latching onto ideas on the opposite end because it's not ju- it. It's not just a linear thing. There's a spectrum of uh, uh, there's a spectrum of kaleidoscopic variables onto which someone can then pull and create and form an identity. So then you have the people who are like. You know, like, I'm so fucking anti-American, I still have the anarchist cookbook downloaded in PDF form. It's like, (laughs) all right, great. That's amazing, man. And that's... Okay, so going back into what I was talking about before, like, so, like, in every cult, I think probably one of the most important and key factors are gatekeepers, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, gatekeepers, they they are the
0: lifeblood of cults, you know? And then, but then what you have... And, and this is where I kind of... I wanted to qualify why everything can kind of be a cult, especially in culture. Um, it's that you have an icon, right? So you have an icon. So, like, pick one. Uh, fucking Baby Yoda. Uh, Wendy's. Uh, you know, like, whatever it is. Colonel the, Sanders. The, the Nike symbol. Like, yeah, all of these things. Like, you have... Like, they're, yeah, brand loyalists. People who literally won't buy anything besides Nike kicks, right? You know, like, like you have an icon... And then people start forming an identity around it. And then some people form a strong enough identity that they self-elect themselves to be the gatekeepers of that symbol. Right. (laughs) And then they start like barring off other people, but then other people whose I, whose like whose identities aren't maybe fully formed and maybe they're a little bit insecure or like they, they just, they're kind of looking for a little bit, something extra in their life. Cause we're, we're meaning makers. We're always looking for meaning in our life. Right. Then they go, Hey, well I kinda wanna be a part of that. And you know, the gatekeeper, it's almost like they can smell fresh blood, right? They're like they're like, oh, we have a new initiate? Get on over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't eat anything if it's not a double quarter pounder with cheese, man. You're fucking in. You gotta be in the cult. You only eat double quarter pounder with cheese. If anybody orders you a salad, you throw it on the fucking floor because that's what you're into. Welcome to the cult of McDonald's. Forty eight billion served. You know, like that's the fucking thing. Pretty much. Yeah, and then that person goes, yeah, they're like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, really. That's what you got to do, and you got to go dump out Bud Light if if gay people drink it. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then they go do it. But then that person, like, you know, then other people rally around them, and they're like, yeah, you did the thing that we all did. And they're like, oh, cool. I guess I'm kind of in a cult and have an identity now. And before they know it, their opportunity to form an individualistic identity is gone. And, like, all of a sudden, they're just, like, you know, wearing a fucking bald eagle American flag shirt and walking around with, like, <laughs> a concealed carry permit and eating a bunch of double cheese. This is really anti-American. Let me use a. All of a sudden, let me use a different example because, like, I don't want to you know be anti-American. <laughs> they're, they're, like, walking around with, like, a fucking lightsaber in their pocket and they're telling somebody about, you know, all the lost stories of the Jedi or whatever it is. Like – it just happens. Like people lose their opportunity to form their own individualistic identity around something. And I, I remember the day that I like was able to properly self reflect and go, Oh, you've been gatekeeping a couple things, you know? And like, Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't do that. And you should just share the things that you love about it. That really like that marked a, a, a changing, a transitioning point for me ideologically, you know, and as a person where I was like, Oh, Yeah, maybe I don't have to be a dick about shit. Maybe people are just getting interested into something, and it doesn't matter if it's from 20 years ago, and I've been into it for 20 years. Someone might just be learning about it today. Like, I don't have to gatekeep. I shouldn't gatekeep. If anything, I should just hold it open and go, hey, yeah, cool. It's a cool thing, right? You see, there's other stuff on the other side. Yeah, find it for yourself. That was part of the fun. You know, like, and gatekeepers, I feel like a lot of times, they even, they ruin part of the fun for people. Like, they're like, like, oh, you're into Marvel now? Well, did you ever read these comics? It's like, no, they didn't fucking read these comics. This person just went and saw their first Marvel film. Of course they didn't read those comics. Ooh, can I talk about that for a second, actually? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Uh, That was was really long. (laughs) But, like... I just
1: wanted to let you have your piece.
0: (laughs) I think, ultimately, when it comes to cults and when it comes to gatekeeping, gatekeeping is the worst part of any piece of culture. Right? Easily, and it's it's the strongest part of any cult in culture. All right, go on.
1: Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say, uh, you mentioned the Marvel thing, and I think people that are around our age and watched Marvel. So if you, this is for this is for everybody that watched Iron Man two thousand eight in theaters. So if you're somebody who remembers watching Iron Man two thousand eight in theaters and you enjoy Marvel, this is for you. So I was thinking about it and there's a lot of hate right now for marvel because phase four you know after in game you know they did a bunch of things that people were not happy with and look totally understandable some of the stuff that marvel's done lately i kind of fell off the bandwagon i've barely watched marvel since the cult game. is
0: a little upset right now go on
1: i i watched moon knight because i've always been a big moon knight fan i actually have moon knight comics i have moon knight funko pops like moon knight is oh, i fucking love moon knight i mean oh, that's cool i have
0: did you read the one where no i'm sorry yeah keep going
1: yeah i did no <laughs> i'm just kidding um <laughs> And then, but anyway, so I started thinking about it, and this is what this is what I wanted to say. But I started thinking about it, and I realized that that experience. I saw every single Marvel movie from Iron Man to Endgame in theaters opening weekend without fail. I was there. I watched it, rain, shine, no matter what I was doing in the military, on base, off base. I always saw them. Awesome. And after and after Endgame, which was I saw it with my best friend. Ben Pugh, if you're listening, Ben, I love you. Um, We saw Endgame together. It was one of the best experiences ever because right after Endgame, I moved away. And Ben and I had been Uh. around each other for like 10 years. So that whole experience of watching Marvel for 10 years in theaters was incredible. And then after that, because that story that was building up for those 10 years for us, you know, phase one, two, and three were leading to Endgame. Mm -hmm. It just didn't feel the same anymore. And I realized it's because our experience of those 10 years of watching all of it, you know lead up to that big battle and watch our heroes you know some of them die spoiler iron man dies captain america retires you know yeah. all of them kind of do their thing now this is for people that didn't this is for like the new generation of people that are going to watch marvel you know yeah. the after Endgame game is is it's almost like a soft reset in my mind where it's like you know what i it's not for me anymore because i got my magical 10 years and my characters and my actors and instead of And instead of being like Marvel sucks now, it doesn't suck now. It's different, and it's different, and it's not for me, and it's not for you. If you don't like Marvel now, it might not be that it's bad. Not saying it isn't, because there are definitely things that are bad. But 100, it's changed. You know, it's it's changed for a new for new fans for new people that are gonna jump on Marvel, and
0: that's okay.
1: It's okay. It's okay. It's just like Star Wars.
0: Yeah, like
1: you know, cause like yeah.
0: Going yeah. back to the musical example, like Bring Me The Horizon is one of like oh. my probably like top favorite bands, right? I love them. And I've been yes. listening to them since they put out Pray for Plagues. Like I remember oh, being into such that. A good song. I had like emo hair at the time. I was in a hardcore band. They're, they've grown and changed and they embrace that and they've lost and gained fans over the years because of it. And like, I, there are still people out there who are just like, Oh, like they wrote a song about it. You know, they wrote that song heavy metal where they're like talking about their fans or like the people who like hear about how they used to be or hear suicide season or whatever it is. And they're like, this is how they should be forever. And then they're not <laughs> and they get mad. And it's like, dude, they're, they're actual real people. And they're going to change and they're going to evolve. And if their music changes and it's not for you, fucking fine. You know, that's fine. Exactly. It's okay. And that's where, that's where I think gatekeepers end up becoming their most like vindictive is when something changes, you know, like going Mm -hmm. back to your original statement, nobody hates Star Wars, like a Star Wars fan. And that's because (laughs) it's been around since 1978. (laughs) There's multiple generations of Star Wars fans now. There are people who came in on Clone Wars, the animated series. They are not the same. Like, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And I'm going to get to the point with things that I love, like metal keeps changing. You know, like things – some things that I love are changing. And sometimes I don't, like, love it. But, like, it's not – I'm not, like – I'm not the fucking, like – Uh, I'm not, like, the, the primary, like, rock foundational piece of that culture. And my perspective doesn't span everything. So, of course, it's okay. And I should just accept that. And I think that's, like, what I was getting into that I realized is that, like, Instead of gatekeeping, what we should be doing is going, "Oh, cool! I had a really nice experience with this, and if I can share that with somebody, that's cool." But we don't have to qualify them, and we don't have to compare them, because once you're comparing and contrasting, you're, it's not—it's never going to equate. Like, it's not the same thing. Yep. Like, yeah, we got up through Endgame, and you know, I remember I watched the first Iron Man movie, and I was like, "I don't really like this that much. Like, it's okay." Oh. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, it's okay," yeah. but like, it was kind of dumb. Fair. Like, I, I was like, this was kind of a boring story. There were some cool action scenes, and it's done something that I haven't seen before. Cool. Done. And then, like, I, I don't think I got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe until, like, I want to say, c- not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier was the first time mm. I was like, I was like, this is a little bit different and cool. And then it turns out that they intentionally did that, you know, and they brought me in. And there were people who were like that wasn't a superhero film and I remember that debate happening and me being like, "Well,
1: I do remember that yes, debate.
0: There were superheroes in it." And but it but it was an espionage film. And that got me more than anything else. And then like Guardians of the Galaxy is what really got me. I was like, "Okay, now I'm in. Like now we got some yeah. weird stuff going on. We can get a little silly with it, but we can still have serious moments. This is fun." Then I was in. And then like at the end of Endgame, I remember like it's called Endgame. Like it doesn't have to be the same after that. It can be a new generation. It's fine. It's literally called Endgame. So like if that was your culture, it's okay if it's different now. The game ended. Yeah. <laughs> the game. <you> know,
1: <laughs> game <you> over. Know? <laughs> like
0: it did. Yeah. Like they gave it a proper title and now there's like a new generation of heroes coming up. It's fucking nuts, man. And like okay, yeah. so then The other thing that cults always have are rituals, right? Opening weekend Mm. for a Marvel movie, opening weekend for a star Wars film, star Wars celebration, whatever, like, you know, the, the MCU reveal day where they talk about the next project, you know, comic con rituals exist for every cult, And this is why so many things in our culture have taken on a cult like form is that we have rituals now, right? We, we don't just have things anymore. like, back in the day and maybe they've always existed to some degree or another but like i don't want to say back in the day but like it seems like they've only grown in frequency right frequency and density where like comic cons huge pax east is now huge now there's even people who are like i don't go to comic con but i go to pax or i don't go to hmm. uh i don't go to pax but i go to the anime expo in new york city or people are like i go to the one in philadelphia cuz it's better than new york city like And that happens even within cults, you know, like I, I'm sure you're familiar with this character. Like there's always the character in the movie. The the movie I'm thinking of right now is the mist, right? There's even like, Mm. there's the religious people, but then there's the zealot. And that's where I wanted to go next is like, so like, you've got your icon, you've got your gatekeepers, you've got your rituals, and then you have fucking zealots, right? When you first mentioned incels, incels are only (laughs) zealots. They are only zealous in nature. They band together, strengthen each other, reinforce their own biased belief. They use the confirmation bias on a day-to-day basis to confirm their own bias that people are against them and then will that into existence. And zealots always, always, even if it's not there, manifest their own delusions into the fucking world, right? You know, like that only happens once you've gotten to the level of cult-like where there can be a zealot, where there's someone who's so into it. Like we talked about John Wick, right? There's definitely a zealot for John Wick now. There's definitely someone who has grabbed onto that identity so, 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 so much. Oh, easily. That they can't even fathom that another person could see the world-building and universe as clearly as The way they do. And this hap- this oh, yeah. I'm glad that we're using the lens of like pop culture and subculture for this because it happens in the real world too. And when it happens in the real world, it's only ugly when it happens in pop culture and subculture. We can kind of make fun of it. Like, because it's like, yeah, dude, you love McDonald's so much. You know, all the fucking stats Or like, you're the biggest fucking <laughs> Red Sox fan ever. You know, like you've got a Red Sox jersey on, you don't know all the stats of the Red Sox, but you're going to come across someone who's a zealot. And they're gonna oh, yeah. be like, they're gonna be like, "Oh, what's your favorite World Series they were ever?" And it's like, "I don't fucking know." I don't man. Like, know. Not Going Dude, back even... and watching that, like,
1: yeah, I couldn't. I could even name more than five characters. or five characters, five players. Five characters. <laughs> <laughs> this season on Red Sox. <laughs> on Red Sox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, no, that's my bad. Uh, I couldn't even name more than five players on the Red Sox because I. I'm a very casual sports watcher. I love the Red Sox. I've been a Red yeah. Sox fan since I was a kid, but yeah. it's something that it's on in the background or, you know, ESPN will give me live updates because they don't play the Red Sox live because fucking ESPN sucks. But yeah. you know like I, and I've had that before where people would be like, "I remember when I used to be I used to watch football a lot heavier than I do now." Yeah. And when I was in the military, uh, you know, college football was like all the rage and there was this one fucking asshole who anytime anybody said they liked a team it didn't matter he'd be like name me five players name me five players how many how many championships have they won and it's like dude for one you don't even like the same team as everybody else and like the, I, I was an ohio <laughs> state fan he's
0: gatekeeping every team <laughs> just yes like, every team <laughs> that's, that's it oh you <laughs> like the cleveland browns <laughs>
1: name me five players <laughs> that's what the thing the is fuck? like he was like his whole thing was I don't remember what college team he liked, but it wasn't even the same division as half the people that were like, "Oh, I like this team. Oh, I like this team." Oh, he was a Florida oh Gators God. fan. That's what it was. And he was like, "Well, you know, I, his whole thing was like if you're going to like football, if you're going to say that you like football or no, it was if you love football because we were like, "Oh yeah, like we lo- I love football. Like I love football. I love watching football." And he was like, "Well, if you love football, like you should be able to say, like you should be able to name five car- like five, five
0: players." It's like, "Wow, dude." Characters. Wow. <laughs> but, like
1: Gatekeepers like, are on yeah, or like all you know, other you, levels. You
0: talked about Moon Knight, and I'm like, <sighs> and, and I remember like when I was watching Moon Knight, I was like, wow, this show's really good. Like this was cool. Like I, you know, I was coming home from work and catching an episode a night, and like that was kind of yeah. my entertainment for like a week or so. I was like, oh, nice, this is good. I like watching this while I'm going to bed, and I was very loosely into it, and I liked the idea of the Egyptian gods, and I didn't like I. I I think at that point I had matured enough as like someone who consumes like, cause this is what we are. We're consumers who consume culture. And then some of us turn it into a cult. Like we, the, the culture becomes our identity. The thing that we literally become what we eat, right? Like you are what you eat. You are what you consume. So like we become what we consume and like some people become it so much that they can't like put it down. Like, and I, I like to hyper fixate, but and and sometimes it's even like meditative to just really like delve into the world of something. But I remember like while I was watching, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I should look into that sometime. And then never doing it because I was just like, oh, it was just fun and entertaining. And, and that's cool. You know, like, I don't, yeah. I, and in my mind, I was like, oh, but should I maybe like look into it more? Because I'm going to come up against someone who's going to be like, oh, well, if you like Moon Knight, then who's your favorite Egyptian god? And I'm going to be like, I don't fucking know, man. Like,
1: <laughs> Can <laughs> you like, name all I, of Moon Knight's I, split personalities? I have, I have no
0: idea. Yeah. Like, huh?
1: Yeah, name name all of Moon Knight's yeah, split personalities all his and what issue they debuted in.
0: I, I'm just like, <laughs> I have no idea, man. Like, I, like legit. And like... The Sandman came out and like that Neil Gaiman has his own cult, you know. That I could love be a whole Neil Gaiman episode. I love Neil Gaiman too, but I don't love Neil Gaiman so much that I worship everything he does. And he actually he I remember watching him uh he did a live talk for a bookstore around here locally and I was lucky enough to be in the audience, right? And I remember him being very humble about the things that he created and like kind of just being like okay with the idea that some people loved it and some people didn't. And he was just like yeah. I, I just like creating things and I'm I'm lucky that more people have loved it than have not. And like yeah. that's just a great perspective. That's very mature. It's very grounded, it's very self-aware. And I feel like that's all people are ever really looking for when they go and form these identities around things is they want a better notion they want a better idea of self-awareness for themselves and they think that if they just grab onto something and make that part of their identity that that is self-awareness but it's not it's an easy way out so like yeah cool you have like the fucking triforce tattooed on your arm like so many other zelda (laughs) fans and like it's part of your identity and yeah i don't know a game apart from ocarina of time which i loosely played as a kid that doesn't mean i don't like it you know,
1: do you mention hand tattoos because I have Star Wars tattooed on my hand? I Kevin? know,
0: but but like you're not gatekeeping, like you're not like name all the different types of Imperial <laughs> troopers, Kevin. Like, you're you're just like, oh, cool. You have your own opinion, and I have mine, and I feel like that's the best way to behave in culture when we have all the all of these different cults. You know, like here's here's a fun little example that's also kind of a cool story that I wanted to share on the podcast anyway. So this past week. Uh, Brandy and the kids and I, we all play Magic the Gathering, right? And we play relatively religiously. Like, it's one of the things that we like to do. So one of our rituals, right? Let's let's say we're a cult now, right? Let, let's use the cult language around <laughs> this. One of our rituals is when a new set comes out, we buy a collector booster. Now, collector booster is, if we're getting into the cult language, that's something that, if I was in a conversation, that... Elevates my status in the cult For certain people Not for me Because I don't want to be elevated in a cult <laughs> I don't want that But some people would hear that And then be like oh wow You're like real into this And it's like no we just want the cooler looking cards So <laughs> I ended up And this is not a lie You can look this up I ended up pulling <laughs> a serialized Gin Oh
1: you showed me this You sent me yes. the picture Yeah. So I have proof everybody
0: just so you know, <laughs> Odie, that card is on sale online for two thousand dollars. A a card. A single okay. card. And That's it's because a lot. it's it's a special print, it's one of a kind art, and it has a number on it. Now, I pulled this card while we were all doing our ritual of the collector booster, right? Which we always do. And we always enjoy. And nobody else was really, like, kind of getting what they wanted or enjoying their time doing it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go trade this to my LGS. Now, I've done this a number of times with Magic the Gathering things in particular. And I think it's because I have self-awareness and Magic the Gathering isn't part of my identity. It's just something that I, as Kevin, the self-identified, do, right? (laughs) Like... I'm I'm being real serious. Like it's not like I I'm not going to go gatekeep Magic the Gathering. I'm not going to tell yeah. anybody they have to play it. I'm not going to like try to explain it to anybody, but if people ask questions, I've got answers. So like I went and immediately traded this card in for like for other collector boosters and things like that for us to open. And we had a much better time after that because we came back home. We got to open more cards. Everybody's seeing cooler things and we're, we're really enjoying it. And I I like that memory because afterward I felt good. Like, and I knew that the card was going to be worth more than I traded for traded it for that weekend, but I'm not that guy. Like there's someone out there who that card is for that is going to pay 2000 for it and they're going to love it. And I want them to be that guy. Like I want them to have that ability because that's not me. Like I'm not that cult member, you know? Like I'm I'm like <laughs> I would say anything that I engage with in culture at this point, I'm kind of I'm skeptical and I'm on, I'm on the outskirts, but I'm happy to be there because I choose the things that bring me joy and that I can use to bring others joy in life, you know?
1: Yeah. 100%.
0: Yeah. That being said, it would be cool to own a card, a piece of cardboard. Well, it's not cardboard; it's cardstock. That's you know, two hundred <laughs> thousand or two hundred or two thousand dollars. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but like even po- like you know, everybody who's like super into Magic the Gathering that cites Post Malone, they always use the example of him paying 000, eight hundred thousand eight eight hundred thousand dollars. It was a lot of money. It was like eighty thousand or something for a signed artist copy of a jeweled lotus um which or not jeweled lotus? sorry a black lotus which is like one of the most expensive magic cards ever um that's cool and yeah and it like elevates his status in the cult right you know like it's and that's that's a really funny thing because c- now you know we've over the course of this episode we've kind of laid it out right you've got you've got the cult so like the cult forms around the icon the icon was you know all of a sudden people start using that as a piece of their identity they're like they're like okay adidas is part of my identity now nike's part of my identity now mcdonald's or like dunkin donuts in and out burger whatever it is that's part of my identity and then it those who are i would say that i would say like on a personality level they're they're a little bit weaker in mindset they start gatekeeping and they start gatekeeping because it makes them feel special, and it's a self-elected way to up their status in the cult, right? So then the mm. gatekeepers bring in the new initiates who are, like, maybe a little more, let's say, serious. I'm, I'm using that word with air quotes because, like, it's a cult, and it's not a real cult, and it doesn't affect your actual day-to-day life other than you're grabbing onto it for part of your identity. And then some of those gatekeepers get so entrenched that they become zealots. And the zealots are it, – it's like – and the zealots are the people who attempt to mythologize and i it's not a word but but make legend you know like legend dies the icon they try to make it the thing they're the ones who like the zealots are the people who like have a curtain and they've pulled the curtain over the icon And then they've put an icon on the outside of the curtain and then people are like, well, what's behind the curtain? They're like ultimate joy, enlightenment, self-awareness, contentment, and everything you've (laughs) wanted as a person is behind that curtain. And you can't see it yet because you don't know enough. You're not deep enough in the cult and you have to drink this fucking Kool-Aid right now. (laughs) Like, and that's all the Kool-Aid. There's so many cultures that are like that and subcultures that are like that. And I feel like. You know, like going back to where we originally came up with this idea. Like, there's ghost tickets and sleep token tickets now that are on sale for hundreds of dollars. There's the there's the cult of Taylor Swift, right? Where like, oh if my she God. says anything, they follow it. Like, that's Careful. that's probably the Pfeifers might be thing. listening. <laughs> I don't care, because they are a cult and they can do yeah. whatever they want. They're a cult that one does not threaten me, <laughs> and
1: two, I don't know it does not
0: appeal to me? Uh, so, but ultimately, like you know that that all comes back to like, there are people who will sell those tickets as gatekeepers to the cult, and like you know they're like, and then there are people who will buy tickets at that price and then use that to up their cult status. Like I paid two thousand dollars for Taylor Swift tickets. It's like you're a fucking idiot.
1: An idiot. Yep. Yeah. A thousand like, percent. You know how much we paid for our ghost tickets? How much? They were fifty-five bucks a piece.
0: Yeah. Dude, if Sleep Token sold out, I would have been like, Well, it wasn't meant to be.
1: I would have just been like, okay. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> like if opening weekend for a new movie is sold out, I'm like, Oh, hopefully it's good. I'll go next weekend.
1: You know, like <laughs> Dude, if I get so I have the AMC where you pay twenty two dollars a month and you can see three movies a week.
0: Oh, that's we sick. Have an AMC
1: right down the street. Yeah. And I'll get on there and I'll be like, you know what? Like it was um it was last night. Last night I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go see that Renfield movie with with Nicolas Cage and everything. Oh, was it good? I the theater. So I looked at the theater seats, and every there was every seat that I could pick, I was sitting next to somebody. And I was like, well, I'll go another time. <laughs> I don't want to sit next to anybody.
0: You're like, I don't want to sit so next to anybody go. during Renfield. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man, I just didn't go. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, okay. I have to talk about one more thing. Okay. That is called, like, uh, requested by Byron Bennett, our good friend in the UK. Uh, he has he has asked me to talk about more Warhammer on the podcast. So I
1: know zero about Warhammer, uh, that's great. except You're for the about fact about that Henry Cavill likes bit.
0: it. You're you already gave me a lesson
1: bit. on Warhammer. What's I don't that? need another lesson. We can't do uh, Warhammer this close together in episodes.
0: Oh uh, yes, we can. Uh, well, here is a funny thing about Warhammer because I just got into it recently. It much like everything else we've talked about in this episode is a cult and there are many people who are gatekeeping this cult. And one of the things that I've enjoyed in learning about it is just how cult-like every single thing about that universe is. Like every single thing about the Warhammer universe uses words like heretic, undesirable, <laughs> like just all of like the most religious terms to the point where even the the emperor of mankind essentially, and you're going to love this Odie. He fought his son to save mankind and sacrificed himself. He also has long dark hair and kind of like has an aura behind him and looks like Jesus. Right. Uh, oh God. and he That's fights, insane. he fights his son who has like turned to the dark side, the warp, uh, the, the, the side of chaos Um, and he, they, they basically strike each other with a final blow, but then mankind is like, oh no, the, the emperor, we have to save this guy. And so what they do is they hook him up to a thing called the golden throne. Now that already should be enough to let you know, okay, mankind is full of zealots and is basically a giant cult at this point. Um, but not only... Is he hooked up to this thing? In Warhammer lore, mankind has to sacrifice, I think it's 10,000 psychers, which are people who have like ESP, essentially psycho, psychic abilities to one degree or another. They have to sacrifice 10,000 people a day to the Emperor's Golden Throne in order to keep him alive.
1: Okay. Sounds like a waste of people a hundred percent like might be able to use those people a little bit more effectively. you could probably. but then so then
0: there are people who will resist that and and they get labeled as heretics. and like, yeah, it's it's actually the the world building and the fanatical obsession that people the and the lengths that people and beings go to in that universe is part of what makes it such a dark future, right?
1: Okay, here's a question. Here's yeah. a question. Here's this game. this can get me on a baseline. Okay. How closely is the Warhammer universe to something like and I'm not saying it has to be exactly like, but give me an idea of what I can kind of like closely associate it with. Is it more like a Star Trek, a Star Wars, a Dune? Like okay. where would you what 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 other science fiction would you kind of a galaxy quest?
0: Okay. You know? Uh to build the idea of <laughs> the universe quest. around you, I would say Okay, so it's a little bit like Dune in scope and scale, like it's gigantic, okay. right? So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, there's a, there's entire galaxies, and the Imperium of Man is gigantic, right? Uh, it's a little bit like Judge Dredd, right? Ooh. Like the Judge Dredd universe. In love that, love Judge Dredd. It's very, very fascist in nature, especially if you're taking the perspective of mankind. It's very, very fascist. Um, and there's there are giant hive worlds that kind of remind me of Judge Dredd, like the overpopulated mm. cities that they live in. But the hive worlds, some of them are just they they literally just manufacture ammunition for the empire. Like that's that the entire planet, even though there's ecosystem like there's subsystems and ecosystems and stuff like that. The the main function of the entire planet is to manufacture munitions. Hmm. It, and they are called Forge Worlds, I believe. I, yeah. That yeah, sounds Forge vaguely Worlds. familiar. It's nuts. And then, so, like, so you have, like, a little bit of Starship Troopers, uh, a little bit of Dune. The Starship Troopers element is that there's an alien army called, army called the Tyranids. And it seems like they're kind of going to, like, consume the entire galaxy. Uh, And then, so so I would say Dune, Judge Dredd. Starship troopers a little bit of Ooh, like Starship um, Troopers, a little bit of um not uh blade runner like a little bit of blade runner oh. in that you know like okay. overcrowded overpopulated like super futuristic technological and then the other thing that i'm i'm trying to figure out how to add but then they're like pulling from different cultures. Like the Necrons are definitely influenced by like Egyptians of our day. Okay, and then,
1: it sounds like is this this universe kind of sounds like if I had to put it, it sounds like a mix of the Riddick universe, Dune yeah. universe, yep, and um, Blade Runner. Which honestly, yeah, if it's if it's anything like those three. Sounds amazing because I love it Blade is. Runner twenty forty nine. It's one of my favorite movies. I yeah. think that the R- Riddick would be a lot better with a different actor, and then obviously <laughs> like. I'm, <laughs> anyways, um, I'm I'm Riddick, very curious about starring Warhammer. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um. You know who would have been good in Riddick? Who? Paul Paulie Shore. But if I don't know, since I don't know anything about Warhammer, I'm kind of excited. I don't know why that you're still whenever...
0: I'm playing the outro music right now, <laughs> outro music's playing already. So yeah, I don't. We're not like, doing I, it. <laughs> Polly Shore, no, that's that's where you end the podcast. It's only downhill from here.
1: Polly Shore should be in Warhammer with Henry Cavill.
0: Oh my God! Well, okay, I really hope. And here's the coolest thing about, like, that I've learned, because I've i I've been, like, passively dabbling in Warhammer. There's way too much content to consume, and I'm not in college. I don't have all the free time I had to form my identity around concepts. I think that's really what yes, it was oh and where I became a gatekeeper is when I was in college and I didn't have time to do anything else other than, like, study, work out, do whatever sport I was doing, and then, like, basically, like, di- divest in a culture, right? I... Um, <laughs> But like, the, I would say the coolest thing about the Warhammer universe is it, it's been around for a long time, so there are a lot of different takes on it and there are different perspectives. and they're starting to dabble with different concepts. Like there are a couple of books that I've read that get pretty comical and self-referencing. Like there's a really good book that came out in the past year when I just started getting into Warhammer called "The Infinite and the Divine. And it's about Trazen uh, Trazin, Trazin the Infinite, who's he's an immortal robot, right? Uh, Aren't
1: all and, robots immortal? And
0: Orakin, the divine. No, they're not all immortal. Uh, <laughs> these guys actually have souls too. Like they went through a, a process called biotransference, and their entire civilization was tricked thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago into going through this process, which really just like stripped them of their flesh and stuff, and then fed it to like these star gods. So. But now they're waking back up and, like, they believe that their destiny is to take over the universe, yada, yada, yada. But you have these these characters, Trazin the Infinite, who's, like, this immortal robot, Orokin the Divine, who's an immortal robot. They both are, like, infinitely powerful, and you could easily make, like, just, like, dark, like they're trying to take over the galaxy, they're the bad guys, they're, like, you know, these villains, right? But instead, the book is – it reads, like – grumpy old men in space which is so much better because <laughs> it's these two robots over the course of thousands of years wasting time on a feud with one another which just blows my mind that like someone would go oh you know it would be really funny what if like they just wasted their time being mad at one another and disagreeing for like thousands of years instead of taking over the galaxy. And there's a scene where Trazin comes in and essentially just shoots Orokin in the head. And Orokin's like, I didn't even do anything yet. And he's just like, (laughs) he's just like yet, you know, like it's like that kind of humor. Like it's really, really good.
1: I am honestly pretty excited because Warhammer seems like something that I would really like. And I mean, especially if you put a front man, like, henry cavill and yeah on it i'm, I'm gonna be interested because it's it's in my realm of science fictiony you know world building giant universes you know star wars dune blade runner kind of things
0: it's it's definitely science fantasy for sure um
1: I'm very looking forward to it yeah
0: it's really really good uh i'm sure we'll talk about it more at some other point i hope we'll not. Do a warhammer I'm episode <laughs> sometime we'll uh, do it right after wars our star warhammer wars episode,
1: episode yeah this was our warhammer episode
0: oh great perfect i'm glad we covered yeah. everything in the warhammer universe that's it folks <laughs> um all right Odie. what's a couple things what's something you've been really into this week let's let's wrap it up
1: um so I'll, i'm gonna be honest i came prepared this week uh i because i was sick for about three days and then yep. worked from home the other days i this week rewatched all of the clone wars animated show Whoa. Uh watched all of the Bad Batch. And I've recently rewatched this week. I watched episode one, two, and three of Star Wars. Okay. Um, and then I read a couple uh I read one and a half novels that are legends, so they're no longer canon in Star Wars. How I just is... was on the Star Wars kick this week, man. You were. Ha you, you were really deep in the cult, Odie. Your
0: status has I was increased. I'm I'm uh... getting ready to
1: make the lead I'm trying to go for leadership status.
0: Oh, hell yeah. What uh? What what is the leadership labeled as in the Star Wars cult?
1: Uh, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> I'm just You're gonna be an
0: emperor. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. be a senator. How about that? I'll be oh. a senator. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we la la. I, just,
0: I actually uh, I did finish the Mandalorian this week, so that was good.
1: Oh, I did watch that too. I mean, I, I did that. watch that one episode. Yeah, that, that was, was good. you know, what? Can we real quick? Can we real quick just appreciate that for once in Star Wars we had just an ending where it was happy. Like spoilers yeah. for the season finale of Mandalorian, but it ends with them just being able to have a plot of land. No one's after them. Bad guys, hopefully, probably dead. But it ended with like them just like happiness, and I'm, Yo, I'm, I'm, I like that.
0: <laughs> look, if <laughs> spoilers. Whoa, spoilers. Um, if Moff Gideon is not dead, I'm dropping the show. He's not. Then I'm dropping the show.
1: I'm done. He's a clone. I, I that was a, that don't was a clone. Don't care. I'm done. Listen. Do you, do you, you remember? If, if he's you, if, not dead, if you dead, pay attention, Kevin. I love
0: John Carlo <laughs> okay. Esposito, so, but I am—is it Juan? Is it yes. John Car- Carlo or Juan Carlo? Is John Carlo right? I think it's Juan. I don't know.
1: Anyway, I think it's John. Yeah.
0: Uh, I love him, but I'm done. If yeah. he's the bad guy next so,
1: season, so I'm done. I don't think he's gonna actually come. I don't think he's gonna care. actually come back. But if you look at him in seasons one and two, he had a mustache, and then this one he didn't, and then his clones in the chambers that is, also didn't that have is mustaches. That is the most cartoony so, reasoning I have ever heard. For that's not mine. For the villain Other to still came be, up be alive,
0: <laughs> is he? Didn't Other have people came his up with this mustache.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's mustache gate. But <laughs> so I think you know, Muff Gideon's <laughs> still alive. That was you didn't have a
0: mustache. Did you notice that? He, he definitely <laughs> couldn't have shaved. Listen, it's not my theory. I didn't come up with this. Exists? I don't want anyone like- to think this is me. <laughs> fan theories are ridiculous sometimes sorry
1: oh they dude you know what you know what's funny about this and this uh, just say this real quick after the second to last episode there were so many theories about how like the armorer was like secretly a spy and how literally there were so many videos about how everybody mando was gonna die grogu was gonna die armorer was a traitor this dude's a traitor it's so dumb i'm like You guys are going to be so disappointed when this episode ends with no special cameos, no surprises. It just ends. And that's exactly what it did.
0: Did Bill Burr die in season one?
1: No. Okay, cool. The only cameo I want
0: is Bill Burr back in the show for like just...
1: I love Bill Burr. even,
0: Even 10 minutes. I don't even care. Even if he's just like a waypoint character. I'd love to see another episode where like, you know, he's back and he's like, oh, this fucking guy. Like, I'd love to see that. But uh that's the only cameo that I want to see again in that show. like um
1: <laughs> so what have you been what have you been watching listening to or uh, consuming, Dude, this I'm week?
0: still crushing succession. It's becoming it's quickly becoming one of my ah. favorite shows ever. I started because it's been long enough and i'm I'm over how bad the last season was. I, I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones again, and I was like, mm. you know what's funny? it's uh, you know the the things that we consume consistently improve. So, like, it's funny watching old Game of Thrones episodes now and going, oh, yeah, this is slower than I remember. <laughs> you know, like...
1: because Never seen Game of Thrones. Oh, really? No. Nah. Big
0: recommend, man. It's good.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not... Like, it's the Lord of the Rings it. fantasy stuff, it's very hit or miss. It's very hit or miss for it's me. It's
0: worth it. I, I'm a sucker for, like, fantasy and sci-fi and, like sci fantasy, right? Like, I'm I'm really in obviously, yeah. You know, like I'm into DD, I like Magic the Gathering, they have elements of both. Um, but like I don't know, Game of Thrones just it it was such a unique thing, and when it came out, it really got my attention, like from the get-go. Cause I used to at the time that it came out, I was like doing laundry at my mom's on Sundays, so I was just like, All right, well, I might as well watch something on Sunday night while I'm doing my laundry. Game of Thrones, cool. So that's what I would do. I would watch Game of Thrones on Sunday night at my mom's and do my laundry. And uh yeah. yeah. And it was just it was just good. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um that's good. Yeah. But uh I don't know. Like I went back so Succession is like really, really good. Like that that show is just really well written. Uh I started watching Game of Thrones again. Like I said, I finished Mando. And then I would say, music wise, Sleep Token released another single this week. So, of course, I, you know, listened to that a bunch. And I love, like, just, you know, how I am with music. I'll listen to something over and oh, over yeah. and over again. Uh, That's exactly how I am. Yeah. I'm on repeat. Yeah. And K and Aminé, who are two really good artists that I enjoy, uh, they released a single with Pharrell Williams, which was cool. So, I was Ooh. really digging on that. And that's about it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the Dominican Republic next week. Nice. And uh, help build a retaining wall or, well, a wall or whatever it is at uh, at a school. And then, uh, you know, distribute some food and goods and, and do some real good. And, like, like, it's, it's cool because, like, you have to get into a mode where you're just ready to give and not receive anything. Right? Because, like, the things that you receive when you're giving – when you're, like, serving other people without expecting – well, you should never expect things in return, but, like, you know, when you're giving without – you you've completely eliminated the idea of, like, getting something back. You're just going to help. I think the things that you get back are, are intrinsic and they're long-lasting and they're perspective-based. So, like, I'm just getting ready for that. you got to be in, like, the right mode, you know. You can't go down with any expectations. You can't go do service for people, like – thinking that anything's going to go a particular way so you're really just like getting yourself ready to commit you know so like i've spent a lot of this week getting myself into the right place making sure that i'm setting up work to be fine while i'm gone making sure that i'm setting up for like you know rent to be paid and all that stuff uh so that's been a lot of my week but it's been really i i'm already excited for it you know
1: that's awesome man
0: yeah dude and I think that's a good note to end the podcast on. Uh, let's let's do let's do one more thing. Favorite cult and and why it's your favorite. <laughs> and okay. Th- this is the last little bit. Favorite cult, why it's your favorite, and then what you think the icon of the cult is. Wrong answers only. Go.
1: Okay, are we doing we're doing pop culture culture. Favorite right? Cult. We're not going to do like actual cults. No, no,
0: no, no, no. yeah, pop culture.
1: Okay, pop culture cults. Um, I mean, I, my my, my knee jerk reaction is obviously to say Star Wars, but I feel like I talk about it so much that that's like a knee jerk reaction. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something other than Star Wars as my favorite. Yeah. Honestly, you know what? My, my favorite cult because I think it's so stupidly funny are the fast food loyalist cults. Oh yeah. And the icon the icon anybody from California representing In and Out.
0: There you go. I said it. In and out. The icon. Add California to the list. The icon of fast food cults. I think my favorite cult is. uh, (laughs) My favorite cult is actually going the same (laughs) route as you Starbucks. Like, Starbucks is a cult. As someone who worked in coffee, like, (laughs) Starbucks is only a cult. Their coffee's not that good. It's mediocre at best. Nope. They charge you more than other places. Absolutely. But. The icon is there. It's the freaking Starbucks. Like, if I'm going wrong answers only, the icon is the pink drink with sweet cream cold foam. That's, mm-hmm. that's the icon of Starbucks yep. now. Unofficial icon right now. But, like, you know, like, people just, like, people will literally go to, like, a, a place that they've never been and just expect a Starbucks to be there. That's how... Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. That's how eponymous they have become, is that they... Ex- like, people will go anywhere in the world and just expect that's like people probably roll up into like the Himalayas and they're like, Yo, where's Starbucks? Straight up <laughs> climbing
1: up on mountains, yeah. Is oh, sta- sure. is Starbucks they're like, up
0: here? you know, like their Sheriff sure is like, All right, we're gonna get to base camp in about a day and a half, uh, it's gonna be a pretty Starbucks hard hike will be today. Open? and They're like, Yeah, cool, there's a Starbucks there, right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's fine. It's cool. People have died on this trail, but there's a Starbucks, right?
0: And then they, and then they get up there and there's like a place called like quick burger and they lose their fucking minds. Cause it's not in and out dude. Okay. <laughs> my favorite. Okay. My favorite thing about in and out. Cause I know that you said that they're your favorite cult. My favorite thing about <laughs> in and out is how anybody who's been to one even once asks you if you've been to one first, first they'll be like, have you ever been to in and out? Right. Like, like they always, they always ask it. And then they go. Do you know about the secret menu?
1: Oh Fucking god, dude! The secret, secret menu sucks. Menu.
0: <laughs> it's not a secret.
1: I don't want salad dressing on my burger. People Thank you. Go who away. have
0: been once know what it is. It is not a secret menu. That's it, man. We're ending it on that note right there.
1: I love it. Hi, yeah.
0: You don't need it.